Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Long with McGuire. And welcome to another chat episode of Talking Lion. How are you doing, Noah? I'm doing all right. I'm drinking my coffee. It's the morning for me. And it's the evening for me. It's uh, midnight for me. And the reason it's th- that, because we are recording this remotely again. Our second remote recording of the two of us, where we are now in the same room. Less wind this time. Less wind. <laughs> yeah, this room is actually deadly silent. <laughs> you can hear every murder. Truly. Uh, we won't let we won't let a, l- a little distance stop us, right? Oh, never. It never, never has. Time zones? More like time n- nuns. None. Who's got the time? No, knowns. What's what's who's got time? Time knowns. <laughs> yeah. Time gnomes. <laughs> time gnomes. <laughs> I have another chapter of this book that <laughs> I'm still somehow writing and 55 pages into. And and I've been hearing really nice things from people about this, that that it has been helpful, which is which is obviously my <laughs> my goal, but also uh shocking. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so if you're all right, um, and if the listenership is all right, I, w- I would love to, to, to read further if, if that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's why we're here. That's, <laughs> he's like, you, I literally have to do this, Nate. Don't, <laughs> don't give me the choice. It's what, what we signed up for. It's what we signed up for. This chapter is interesting because uh, it just, it's, it's an expansion of what we were talking about before. So this is an episode where it might be beneficial for you, listener, if you haven't uh, to listen to the episode earlier, the uh, the Gambler's Guide uh, Part 4. This is obviously Part 5 because we are expanding on some topics there. I might have come up with something that is like unique to game theory and, and new, um, and that's possibly a very cool thing. Um, or I just overcomplicated something that has always been part of game theory and was not really even worth mentioning um, <laughs> in any in any uh, kind of way. So, listener, what you're hearing is information that is either very helpful or just unnecessarily complicated. And I'm doing a great job of advertising what you're about to be listening to. So, without further ado, this is the Gambler's Guide to the Music Industry, Part Five: A Utile Gesture. Before I dive in, I, I just for for every everybody listening, I, I'm gonna mention something called it's spelled U T I L E, and I have a, a trusted source that tells me that that's pronounced like feudal, like udal, but I've been <laughs> um, listening to a lot of game theory audio or like lectures and everything like that. Um, all exclusively by British people who have pronounced it utile in the same way that you would say futile. Um, And so I'm going to probably stick with that, um, even though I'm American. So uh, (laughs) for the maybe one of you uh, that that might bother. Sorry. (laughs) Are you ready, Noah? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Measurable models. The previous section, while dabbling in mathematical concepts, was presented mostly as a means of demonstrating the importance of discovering your aims and being conscious or even suspicious of the aims of others. 
if you're just starting out, having that in the back of your mind is enough to keep you out of trouble to some degree. And you can skip ahead to the next section. But if you're currently in the midst of your career, we can actually take these concepts one step further. Try the triangle. If you had experience in freelancing, capital B business, or any sort of project management, you've no doubt run into this wonderful little triangle. Time, money, quality. Now, usually this is presented more flippantly with fast, cheap, good, and also includes the wonderfully passive-aggressive caveat, choose two. But for our purposes, we're going to use them as a basis for measuring value systems against each other. Speaking purely in financial terms, there are two categories that are pretty easy to quantify and qualify. For time, sooner is better. Getting paid sooner is better. For money, more money is better than less money. Quality is where things become slightly more subjective, but it also presents an opportunity for you to define what you consider to be good. Some examples of things I consider good in the music industry are song quality, healthy collaborator relationships, lower task quantity, authenticity, minimal risk exposure. But how would you go about measuring something subjective? A utile gesture. I'd like to introduce you to a unit of measurement called the utile. The formal definition of utile is a hypothetical unit measuring satisfaction. Satisfaction. Well, the completion of a sought after goal that would otherwise not be quantifiable. So quality would then be a matter of utility. Say, for example, you'd like to buy a $10 sandwich. If presented purely in terms of economics, this transaction would find you, the consumer, the loser, minus $10, and the sandwich seller, the winner, plus $10. But you didn't buy the sandwich to win the economic game of the exchange. You bought the sandwich to satisfy your hunger, and to that extent, you are satisfied. Congratulations, you've won one utile. Now, economics, money, can help compare the price of options. For example, a $10 sandwich or a $15 sandwich, as can time. For example, one shop will take 10 minutes to prepare your sandwich, the other will take 15 minutes. But a utile can counterbalance or even outweigh these two factors. Does one shop have a better sandwich? In this case, one utile equals eat the best sandwich. Does one shop offer dietary options? One, I, one utile equals eat vegan. Is one shop a chain? One utile equals support local business. Is one shop closer? One utile equals proximity. Is one shop owned by a friend? One utile equals see your friend. Let's say all of the above is true for the second shop. You could break down the decision like this. Sandwich shop number one, $10, 10 minutes, zero utiles. Sandwich shop number two, $15, 15 minutes, five utiles. Looking at things purely from a money perspective or a time perspective, shop number one would win in both categories. But if the price per utile is right for you, in this case, a dollar per utile or one minute per utile, then shop number two is the better decision. What's it worth to you? While playing poker, one of my favorite phrases that sometimes pops up is, what's it worth to you? Often said with a wry smile, the phrase is said to try and coax you into giving into your curiosity. They set the price to call. You want to know what the next card is and can only find out if you call. What's it worth to you? Now, eliminating the actual outcome of winning and losing, either of which could come with the turn of a card, this question puts a price on the utile of curiosity. Would you pay $5 to know what the next card is? What about 30? 
What about 200? Of course, this futile gets wrapped into the other factors of a player's overall strategy. In this case, curiosity mixed with a high enough percentage of catching the winning card for you. But sometimes that price can be purely based in utility. I played some home poker games where a look tax of $5 was implemented, wherein a player would have to contribute to the next pot just for the privilege of seeing what card would have come next had they called instead of folding. While that $5 has no strategic benefit from a gameplay perspective, it does fulfill the utile of curiosity. Now, I would argue that this is a bad decision because not only are you donating $5 for useless information, but also that that information could actually have a negative effect on your mood in the game, as both outcomes could warp your judgment either with a confidence, good fold, or putting you on tilt. I should have called. Nonetheless, someone's utile is their business. And that's where you come in. I can't tell you what your utiles are and what they're worth to you. For some, $200 is a perfectly reasonable price to pay to go skydiving. For others, they wouldn't go skydiving if you paid them $2,000. If you go back to your list of good things, it's worth determining what each element is worth to you in both a time and money sense. This is unique to you and will, of course, evolve dynamically based on factors unique to you. Say, for example, your rate for featuring on a song is $1,000, and it takes you two hours to record yourself, and you're asked by a friend to feature on their song for free. Given there are no other incentives, and also given saying no would ruin your friendship, and I'll make a note here that that is a bad friend, but a great participant in this example, wherein one utile is equal to your friendship, your price per utile is $1,000 per utile and two hours per utile. Alpha and Omega. As you go through assigning worth to your good list, you might discover that you consider some items priceless and or non-negotiable. Let's call these deal breakers Omega Utiles. What this means is that if the condition of an Omega Utile isn't met, that option would be rejected outright, regardless of money, time, and or the inclusion of other Utiles. It should be noted that while not meeting the conditions of an Omega Utile will result in the termination of an option, the converse isn't true. The fulfillment of an Omega Utile does not guarantee the choosing of that option. The converse of this concept is the Alpha Utile. Utiles tied so strongly to your desires that their inclusion and fulfillment would trigger an approval regardless of money, time, and or other Utiles. While meeting the Alpha Utile will result in the approval of an option, the converse isn't true. The failure to meet an alpha utile does not outright reject the option in the same way that the failure to meet the conditions of an omega utile would reject the option. In this way, omega utiles come first to determine the deal-breaking conditions of an offer. What would you refuse no matter what? While alpha utiles follow to prioritize elements of an approvable offer. So for example, if offer number one is $100, zero omega utiles, and one alpha utile, and offer two is $50 and just one Omega Utile. In this case, offer number two would be the best choice regardless of the financial difference or the inclusion of the Alpha Utile because only in offer two is the Omega Utile met. But in this example, where offer number one is $100, one Omega Utile, and one Alpha Utile, and offer number two is $150 and just one Omega Utile, offer number one would be the best choice regardless of the financial difference because while the Omega Utile is met for both offers, only offer number one is accompanied by the alpha utile. But what if you have multiple options that meet the conditions of both the omega utile and the alpha utile? 
This could then be settled by the designation and inclusion of beta utiles. Utiles that, while less powerful and less deal-breaking or deal-making than alpha or omega utiles, can still trigger an approval, regardless of money, time, and or other utiles, in the event multiple options are tied. For example, offer number one is $100, one omega utile, one alpha utile, and one beta utile. Offer number two is $150, one omega utile, and one alpha utile. Offer number one would be the best choice, regardless of the financial difference, because of the beta utile kicker. Kicker, of course, is a poker term for when a player's second card that would otherwise not be considered is used to break a tie. An example of this in music would be if your alpha utile is work with anyone recommended by DJ Who Are You, and DJ Who Are You pitches you three artists. Let's say your beta utile is work with a friend, and you personally know one of the three artists that is pitched. Then the beta utile would call for choosing your friend. Of course, only bring in the beta utile if you'd rather use utiles as a means of breaking a tie over just assessing the financial or timeline differences. Okay, but how does this apply to anything we've been talking about? Well, our value systems carry with them an inherent dynamic of money, time, and utility. Something like this. Real value has non-variable money, an immediate payoff, and no utile. Expected and unexpected value have variable money, variable time payoff, and one utile, which in this case would be equity inclusion. Complementary value has no money, immediate payoff, and one utile of the good service or experience that has been comped for you. And sentimental value has no money, a variable time of payoff, and a variable, potentially infinite, number of utiles. So let's bring this back to music fully. Let's say you're offered to write a song for three different artists. Here are the offers. Artist number one, $500 up front, no equity. Artist number two, $0 up front, 50% equity, paid every six months. Artist number three, $250, 33.33% paid every three months. How would you choose? Well, there are two key pieces of incomplete information. The first piece is determining what that percentage represents in actual money. We'll dive into the details of determining how to solve for real-world equity later when addressing calculating expected value. But for now, let's say you figured out that artist number two earns an average of $200 per month per song, and artist number three earns an average of $125 per month per song. That would result in the following. Artist number one, $500 up front, $0, because you don't have any equity. Artist number two, $0 up front, $600 paid in six months. Artist number three, $250 up front, and $375 paid every three months. If the time of the payout was your primary concern, then artist number one would be the best decision, followed by two and three. If time isn't a concern, and we set artists two and three to a six-month payout, it would look like this. Artist number one, $500 up front, zero later. Artist number two, $0 up front, 600 later. Artist number three, 250 up front, 750 later. If total sum of money was your primary concern, then artist number three at $1,000 would be the best decision, followed by artist number two, 600, and artist number three, 500. 
But that brings us to our second piece of information, incorporating utiles. Say these are your big three utiles. Your alpha utile, work with the biggest artist. Beta utile, work with a friend. Omega utile, don't work with an asshole. Other utiles could be owning equity, writing in person, producing experience, and studio access. Let's say artist number one is a friend of yours with their own studio and production experience. Artist number two just had a radio hit but lives in a different country. And you hear from a trusted source that artist three is extremely rude. Their offers would then look like this. Artist number one, $500 up front, $0 later, one beta utile plus three utiles. The beta, of course, being that they're your friend. The three utiles are writing in person, production experience, studio access. Artist number two would be $0 up front, $600 over the course of six months, one alpha utile, and one regular utile. The alpha being that it's the biggest artist of the three, and there's one utile for the equity inclusion. Artist number three would be $250 up front, $375 over the course of three months, zero omega utiles plus two regular utiles. The omega utile that isn't met is no assholes. The other utiles would be equity and writing in person. In this case, artist number two would be the best decision since artist number three would be thrown out by not meeting the omega utile condition and artist number one's beta utile is beaten by artist number two's alpha utile. Despite artist number one having only slightly less money, a more favorable payoff timeline, and more total utiles achieved. This, of course, is all to taste and should be considered more abstract than concrete. As the saying goes, everyone has a price. It's always possible that what you believe to be an omega utile could simply be undercut by a big enough check. Alternatively, what you believe to be an alpha utile could be undermined by the very real need to get paid a certain amount by a certain time. Context always matters, and it ultimately comes down to your system of utile judgment. What for you right now would be your omega utile? What's your alpha utile? What beta utile could swoop in to break a tie? This is ultimately your system. Maybe for you, it's even worth coming up with a deeper, more intricate equation to determine this. You could even go as far as to create a gamma utile that breaks a beta utile tie and can also be figured as beta utile plus gamma utile equals alpha utile. Or maybe instead, this is the sort of thing that once internalized can give your gut a certain feeling when sizing up your options around a big decision. What's most important is that you consider utiles as a form of measurement just as legitimate as time and money, context permitting. These pesky utile units can make or break a deal, directly quantify your sentimental values, and can even be converted into money or time, as in, what's it worth to you? Just because utiles may not be listed explicitly in the deal memo next to payouts and deadlines, that doesn't mean they're not there pulling the strings. And that's the chapter. All righty. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to work backwards a little bit here because the conclusion part of it was uh, by far my favorite p component of the chapter. Like I felt like I felt like the landing was stuck on 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 why we should care about this thing. I, sp I spent most of the chapter thinking like, OK, like. This is interesting, but a little in the weeds. Why should I care about this? And by the end, of it, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I see how it breaks down at the end. I, it's 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 interesting. It, it was this is probably like the toughest the toughest chapter to get my head around because it is very like it was very in the weeds. 
uh, about this this new concept, which is very abstract. Like it's it's if I'm understanding it correctly, it's essentially breaking down and quantifying like sentimental value to some extent. Like it's 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 all the the in between of like you know the stuff that is harder to quantify. So if you if you're trying to quantify something that's inherently hard to quantify, it's inherently a difficult task. So it's it's always going to be a little like economy economist like we're, we're using these terms to like just you know like break something down that's that as you kind of hint to in the end is all kind of fluid anyway you know you're putting these like rigid tent poles down on something that could easily that, that is ultimately up to human whims and desires uh which which can get dicey but i don't know i i think my question is how much how integral to the rest of the book is this going to be like is it is is the utile like breakdown something you're going to keep coming back to to like expand upon other concepts is it is it like supposed to be just like this like enriching of what's already of the value system that's already there yeah i think that like the reason the reason i and, and the reason and and hopefully like you know i'll, I'll have uh, an editor at some point who can say whether this where it exists in the book is the right place or the wrong place or you know how to sort of break it down maybe even for more clarity um this is definitely an, a much more advanced concept like i i'm putting it next to the the sort of talk of value systems because it is so linked to it like yeah. obviously there was the point where i broke down like the the fact that all these value systems can be expressed in time money and utility um or time, money, quality, which has that uti utile component. But also that like, if you're just starting out or like whatever, I'm not about to be like, oh, and just think about this and think about that. What I find very interesting is that like, we oftentimes will weigh decisions, you know, you'll have your pros and cons, you, like, you'll have pros and cons for one person and pros and cons for another person. And maybe the pros and cons of, of choosing one thing over another, this, that, the other thing. And you'll also be comparing money. You know, you'll be comparing, well, uh, do I take the fee or do I take the equity? But what if you are working with somebody and we've run, run into this before too. What if you run into somebody who would really bristle at the idea of you taking equity or on the other side, who would really bristle at the idea of not of paying you out and not sort of sharing in the success of the song. Like what happens if to negotiate uh, an option or negotiate out of an option, you run into the human element? What do you, how do you include that yeah. in your decision-making? And I think that this for, for me is a sort of way of trying to, to quantify it. Like what's, what is the deal breaker for you? You know, like, I think that this this chapter does fall apart if there isn't an interaction. Like if if you're kind of just thinking about it in these abstract terms, then it doesn't. This doesn't make any. This this kind of sucks to be honest. Yeah, that's 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 why I was saying it. It comes together at the end once they're like levied against each other. Like as 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 it was being explained in the abstract, I'm just like, okay, cool. And then it was like, okay, as as a an interlocking system of like, if all of these things are at play at once here's how they stack. Like, it's a hierarchy. I think once it was clear that it was like, this is a hierarchy of things that could be lumped into sentimental value, like, then it clicked for me. And I was like, okay, I see how I see how that could be useful. It's basically a, a negative infinity and a positive infinity and then a tiebreaker uh, element. 
um, you know, uh, because I, I think that you and I have run into, you know, situations where, where we've been like, I will not do that no matter how much you pay me. Like, I will not do that no matter how much you pay me, no matter how much time we have to do it. Like, I won't do that. It, it's been for people that we work with. It's been for you know, types of projects. But that was always so interesting to me because where does that fall into how we think about the game? There's this, there's this extra, obviously, human element. But why, like, what is it about that, that from like when you open up the hood that makes that the thing that kills the whole deal, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to find what those things are because when if you're able to find them and name them, then then you're able to ask for them, like that you're able to look out for them immediately, you know, like that's super important. Likewise, if you know that there's an element that like would cinch it, you know, if like we were offered to work with, you know, at, at a studio, you know, with, with with three different bands or whatever, and, and it happens that one of the bands, you know, you and I listened to when we were 13, you know, it doesn't matter how much, <laughs> how much we necessarily, uh, how much the difference in that, what, what all three artists are going to pay us, we're probably going to have a lean, if not a, just a total approval of whatever the, the band we were fans of are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And that's why I think it's really important for anybody who winds up reading this to like be able to plug in so that it's not just the Omega Utile, like yeah. plug in you know, working with a horrible person and, you know, and yeah, having the alpha be your hero, you know, do you have a hero? Maybe they're not the biggest artist in the world, but they're your hero, you know? I'm wondering if, if it, in this chapter, it makes more sense to tie it into music sooner. Like, like the way you were just talking about it now, partially because I already have all the context, but that felt clearer to me than how it was coming across maybe in, in the writing. Even just laying it out like positive infinity, negative infinity, deal breaker, like felt very like clear. I like I, I feel like there's there's opportunities for like, yeah, just like some some tightening of like how these concepts are coming across. But like I said, I there still ends up being like there, there is there by the end of the chapter, like I understand why, why you care about this and why we should care about this. But it's like it's the getting there that felt uh clunkier to me i think what's really funny is i even called you saying like i you know fuck this book i quit this book like right. this is really hard yeah no it's a tough one it's a it's it's a tough concept well what's funny is like i think that i was able to kind of break into it with the sandwich shop yeah um analogy maybe or yeah or like the, like i said like i think like the cake example with value systems like made a lot of sense uh, to to have it like we, we talked about it like how having it be away from music was a good way to lay it out but maybe if like since we're already in the th like this chapter is already in the thick of it like if you're here like you're 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 ready to process it, it, if anything I feel like like the question throughout was like okay how does this relate to what we're talking about in the book like that was the question that was kind of persistent in my mind I feel like if you're able to, just immediately link it to your deal breaker in this situation is you really don't want to work with this person or the, the the converse is like this person is your hero. I feel like tying it into that sooner might end up making it clear potentially. No, I, I think I think that you're absolutely right. Um, I think what's interesting is that I, I'm presenting it as this advanced concept, but I'm still introducing it like I introduced the value systems, even though that is definitely meant more for like a newer more amateur 
audience, whereas this is for people who are maybe more in, in the weeds of it. So, so it might even be insulting to try to, you know, to, to present it as, as in, in such a long um, analogy. Um, because you're right. I think that if, if, you know, if I were to maybe go straight to the music, well, if I were to go to how it relates to the value systems and then go from there straight into the artist deals, um, I think the chapter would be a lot cleaner, a lot cleaner. I, I, I'm curious. I was curious as I was reading it, like, do you have an Omega Utile or an Alpha Utile? That is a really good, that, that's a good question. I mean, the joke is I'd do anything for money. But I'm trying to it's I'm trying to parse through how true that actually is. I was so tempted to to name one of the sections of this, by the way. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. That's fun. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I think like not working with especially like not working with someone who's like, you know, done bad things to people, especially people like especially people like I know and care about is like a pretty obvious one. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to like keep like uh, the first thing that, of course, pops into my mind is like, don't work with a predator. Yeah, you don't like like you said you said in the group chat, like you don't want to say like, don't work with a predator because you don't you don't necessarily want to bring that into the book. But that is like, you know, uh, no, I'm just I was I'm thinking. I mean, like I would it doesn't go as extreme ex, as extreme as an omega, but like I you know, I, I you know maybe this is something to to that that'll probably come up even further into the book like the, the nuance of like i would like to only work on music that i really care about like that's the forward thrust of of my career uh but obviously you know when money comes into it you know you you, you take deals and you work on stuff that maybe you don't like as much but like the 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 impetus and the trajectory is maximizing the amount of work that I do that I actually care about and minimizing the amount of work that I don't care about. I don't know if that that doesn't quite fall like fall cleanly into these categories, but that is like something along those lines. I do think it fits more cleaner, though maybe I'm like, you know, trying to 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 hit everything with with my specific tool and hammer or whatever. But I think it does fall actually a lot cleaner because you and I have oftentimes sprung at writing with certain folks or working with certain people because we just really do love their music. And we haven't really, like we've kind of accepted they could pay us for this. They could not pay us for this. We can get a split. We can not get a split. Like we don't really even think about it, you know, like. Yeah, I guess it's more of an alpha. Yeah. The, like working on stuff I really believe in is I w I'll do pretty much anything for. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing is that I think you and I have throughout our careers, like, and, you know, maybe in the back of our heads, there has been the like, well, this person's got potential and they'll, you know, blow up and that's like that. But actually, like, you know, in practice, you and I have tended to just like sometimes forgo certain money considerations just because we really like the artist or really believe that we can do right by them, you know? Um, and that's that's an alpha. Uh, I just realized an Omega Utile that has been weighing on me all week. Um, and I won't say the artist, but I found an email for a, a, an artist that wanted to work with us in the development space that is now doing extremely well, extremely well. Like my mom just like 
texted me a photo of the radio. Yeah, I, I actually heard I heard I heard that song. I heard that song walking by a, a, a store the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, wow, this is really this is really doing the thing. Yeah, do It's like doing really, really well. And we we had an opportunity to write with and work with this artist when they were at a very like no listeners, like very, very early in their career, just looking for their first producers. Um, but due to time zones, uh, the only time that we could really do the session was like between 8 a.m. and like 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Mm. And <laughs> my Omega Utah is I'm not a morning person. That's fair. That's 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 an Omega <laughs> it, Utah it, for you. Yeah, I get that. broke the deal, you know? Mind you, it was like around COVID too. So there was like financial considerations. Like we were trying to do more money-based projects and less development-based projects. So it was also a, um, you know, there was, there was maybe a financial component to that. But I don't remember the financial component as strongly as I remember not wanting to do a session at eight in the morning. Right. There you go. That's fair. So there, there it is. You know, I, I threw all... And I don't think it was a good decision. Yeah, I think it was a good decision. I think it was it was maybe not the outcome that we wanted, but the decision was solid. You're, you know, I was just thinking that that I that you're right. It was it was a decision that was true to my utile. Because that's the other thing too. Nothing would be worse than, you know, it'd be one thing. It's one thing to sort of say, oh well, what could have been, what could have been, whatever. But it's another thing, you know. Oh, I would have would have won the hand I folded. Right. You know that kind of thing. But I think it's a whole nother thing too to to even just like there's a diminishing returns there. If if we did wake up at eight and we were both just really tired and not feeling it and just the energy wasn't there, not only would we probably not have written a hit with this artist, and fuck, maybe we would have kept that artist from writing the hit with with the people they wound up writing with. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, we it, it maybe wouldn't have happened, and we still would have gotten up then in our heads for nothing and for for little cash or like whatever. So in this case, we stayed true to rejecting a decision based on a lack of an Omega Utile <laughs> that I don't want to wake up <laughs> at 7 a.m. <laughs> so that's something, right? So there's there's a there's 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 application, I think, in this. But like I said, I think I think the most important component of this is well, you don't have to do the math on all of this stuff. But like if you are going to be think comparing money and you're going to be comparing when you get paid like at least also just add another column to your consideration of yeah are is this human element these quality factors at play you know because yeah somebody could pay us five grand to do something and then they say something really mean about a friend of ours like really mean about a friend of ours that's a deal breaker. Not going to do that. Five grand would be nice. It's not that nice, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, and the, and the, yeah, that there are that within that, that it's, I, I think, you know, the, the, the intuition is to be like, well, there's like, there's money and then there's like all the stuff I feel about it. But like all the stuff you feel about it breaks down even, even further. Cause yeah, there's, there's deal breakers, but there's also tiebreakers. Like there's, you know, in that situation, like maybe there is, there is a kicker. Like maybe there is, another angle like they said something mean about your friend but i don't know then something happens with the friend or i don't know like like the, the it, it it gets it, it gets dicey but also that like that that these utiles have a financial 
conversion. Mm, like I was yeah. saying before that like that, you know, one utile could equal a thousand dollars. You know, what's what's it worth to you? I was thinking, you know, I was uh talking with um Selman, our our filmmaker friend today, about maybe making a music video for Hurt Nobody. And I was thinking about when you when you break down a music video and you're pretty fairly certain that there's no ROI on that kind of thing. Yeah. But you're an artist and you've thought about the music video for the, you know, you and I have thought about the music video for this song so much that it's like become a part of the song. It's like it's informed the creation of the song. Like a music video for the song would be as much an artistic project as the song itself. And I don't, and, you know, we didn't make this song for ROI. We made the songs because we're artists and that's what we do. We make music. And, uh, and of course, we try to be good at business after the fact, but our, our first job is to make the damn thing. And it occurred to me that, like, I can't financially justify a music video. But it, if you, if, it, you know, if, if it's between make a music video and don't make a music video, and, and my utile is have a visual, have this visual element then that is worth whatever the music video winds up being worth, you know? Yeah. That 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 alpha utile of the music video existing, uh, you know, is worth whatever money the one, the music video winds up costing, you know? So, uh, you know, that's interesting to me. That's that's interesting to me. It's like that conversion rate a little bit, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, definitely. The other thing too is like the, like the omega and the alpha and the beta utile thing, that is something I did, I think, make up. Like I didn't necessarily, I haven't seen that in, textbooks the idea of these like things. so i'm curious if like it doesn't exist because it is a lot it is unique to music which is a lot more feelings based than economics um or even you know games uh, like poker and this that and the other thing where there is a, a more rationality or or, or you know a, a more measurable form of success etc um, but I am curious if I did make up this concept and if it doesn't exist because uh, there just hasn't been, ironically, a utility for it in economics in the same way that there is in music or because I've overcomplicated something that they've already come up with and, and somebody's about to tell me, yeah, this is kind of too much. Like, <laughs> like this is this is what the actual concept you're looking for is, you know? So I am looking forward to either finding out if I've made any kind of contribution to the um, pedagogy or or if I'm just overcomplicating shit. I mean, hey, it's as long as long as it as long as it as long as it shakes out, as long as it's useful in some way. Well, my hope is that like like do you feel like this, you know, at least started to resonate with some familiarity to you and kind of like confirmed in your gut or or something like times when things maybe you didn't even know how to explain that played a factor in, in your your decision making yeah definitely I, I think like like I said I, I think the ending the ending portion where, where it breaks down like that was my favorite part of the chapter because because I think you hinted that of just like yeah this is a way of uh of classifying a little bit like those gut feelings that, that you have and the, a lot of the intangibles that go into making a big decision and I'm like, yeah, like that, that 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 resonated. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I'm a big Excel spreadsheet nerd, and I love just sort of like keeping track of like so many things and getting averages on so many things. And it's not necessarily because like that information is like 
like the law to live by. Like, oh, well, this average is this and this is what I spend on food and this is the Overwatch character that whatever. But I think that like any kind of model or any kind of abstract can always be used to, to create insight. I think insight's more important than anything. Like it's just to give you insight into, you know, these things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to name. I'd rather people be in control of those things than than not, you know? Yeah. And then what I was saying there too is you could alpha, beta, gamma, you know, all the way down to omega or whatever. Like you could you could create mathematical equations for everything that you ever do. Um, but the importance of having a model or having the beginnings of a model or even just like an abstract is just to give you insight into, oh, well, you know what, I guess I guess you are right. Like there could be a $50 difference or an $100 difference or an $1,000 difference and it and it wouldn't matter. Okay, very good to know. That, that, that's good to know, you know? I got a budget, I got a budget for that. <laughs> and it's a huge part of, it's a huge part of what we do. Like it's not an insignificant part of what we do. So yeah, to that, to that end, I think it's, it's, it's good to, to break down as much as, as much as you can. And yeah, maybe like, you know, for, for the person who's just getting into the industry, like they haven't, they haven't had to make those decisions yet. You know, they haven't had to like, they haven't come up against something that's like really brushed up against their values or their morals or, or their, you know, their omega or alpha utiles, so to speak. And, um, you know, it, it hopefully will make for better, better perspective. And like you say, insight, uh, when, when those things actually come up in someone's life, like that's, you know, that's the hope. Yeah. Well, and and as I you know mentioned in this, the idea of sentimental value is that like, yeah, you know, you could you could be avoiding certain things, or you could be just sort of thinking about things purely financially. But the sentimental values always come for you, <laughs> you know, like whether it's therapy or or burnout or anything, you know, it's like they're pesky. They are pesky. So. I just, I really appreciate you talking this one through. This was definitely the hardest one. Literally the next one, like the next chapter is, is about choosing your name. Nice. <laughs> and about how that could be a, a a major financial decision if you don't play your cards right. Slash, you know, if if your, your name happens to be, like Noah, one of the most popular names of the year you were born and trying to get away with using just your first name. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. So... That's that's fun. That that feels like it'll be a little a little easier to crack into. Yeah, I, from here on, it's a lot more grounded, and it's a lot more like music, 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 music. But yeah, and that's you know right 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 what you know. Yeah, unfortunately, right now that means you know heady math stuff. But and maybe I'm just like I'll show it to an editor, and they'll be like, "You're really just puffing your academic chest because you want to be an academic." And I'm like, "Oh, you're right." But yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like. I feel like I'm just trying to put into words what's been my gut feeling for years. You know, it's like if I if you were if somebody were to ask you to do like a production masterclass, like, you know, I mean you could go into your plugins and go into like all these sort of things that you do, but how do you talk about your taste? Yeah, exactly. You know, how would you start talking about your taste? Like, you know, would you go into the music you listen to? Would you go into, you know, like the specific, you know, db differences in um you know like what your out what an output of something sounds bad or good to you or whatever like how in the weeds do you get into to define something that that for you is 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 undefinable you know or or is the thing that has defined you as a creative yeah 
And that's, I think, what's been the biggest challenge for me is that like, I my goal in this book is to explain how I come to decisions. Unfortunately, that means like <laughs> bringing out <laughs> tables and yeah, then you have to you have to yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it is my gut, but if you were asking me to to justify it as I have with you and with others in the past, like I could. I could just break down here's this decision, here's that decision, here's everything that went into choosing one or the other, you know. It's interesting, but yeah, where yeah, where would you start, you know, in, in explaining <laughs> instead of explaining taste or something that's just like so you yeah, I would end up with a lot of a lot of uh, not rules. I would end up with a lot of examples of like this is something that sounds good in this context, but here's there's an exception. <laughs> like the like there's the, you know there's no it's hard to, you can't be prescriptive with with something like you know taste because there's always I mean that's that's something I learned a lot in uh, being in classes where the class was trying to teach us how to like be better songwriters or better creators like it would always be like well here's what you should do but also here's 10 examples of where of why that's not a rule <laughs> yeah I, I imagine if you did try to <laughs> to undertake that noah you would wind up with a lot of culinary metaphors right exactly as i've <laughs> as i've seemed to find myself in um but i think that that's uh, enough hopefully we didn't fry our listeners um and maybe we discovered something unique and great here, and maybe we didn't. Please DM me if there was anything that was enriching to you. Um, if you have examples of Omega or Alpha or Beta Utiles to you, send them my way because I would love to know what you would not do or do. You know, that's the less of me in this and the more of our community in this, the better please. So thank you, Noah, as always, for hearing out this this weird little project I'm working on and for just being a, being alongside uh, this whole thing. You're my alpha utile, man. <laughs> I'll take it. You're my, you're my alpha and omega. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Thank you for that, man. And, and I hope you enjoy, I hope you enjoy uh, Fair Italia. Yeah, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. And dear listener, we will see you next week with a very, very special Talking Lion episode. The raw running time of it is currently four hours, but it is our much anticipated um, interview with our good friend, Dungeon Master podcast editor. Oh my God. Souvenir. So get ready. It's it's a doozy. It's a great episode. It's where we lose all our listeners. If you've got a long road trip, <laughs> if if you if you made it this far, then then you can make it through a three hour episode. Yeah, it's like we're trying to make a bad podcast. <laughs> if you if you're on a flight, if you're on a long international flight, <laughs> yeah. you just might make it through. Oh uh, well, thank you, thank you, Noah, thank you, listeners, and we will talk to you very soon. We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.